Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where in the world you are today. Um, thank you for attending our uh, Versa Network Software Defined Webinar Series. Today we'll be presenting on um, branch as well as WAN segmentation to discuss protecting the business actually utilizing SD-WAN. Before we get into the presentation today, I just want to go over a couple of housekeeping items. If you have any questions during the webinar, please submit it using the Ask a Question button located on the top left-hand side of the player. Your question will be addressed during the Q&A at the end of the presentation. There are additional resources for you to check out in the Attachments tab at the top of the player. And you can also download the slide deck from this presentation at any time, as well as any of the other resources that you see there. At the end, please take a moment to rate the presentation and provide any sort of feedback by clicking on the Rate This button on the right-hand side of your player. And finally, a recorded version of this presentation will be available utilizing the same URL immediately following the conclusion of our webinar today. So with that, um, I'm Robert McBride, uh, Director of Enterprise and Telco Solutions, and today I'm going to discuss with you uh, branch and WAN segmentation. So let's go ahead and get started. So first things first, of course, is that uh, you know segmentation isn't new. Uh, we've been doing this for quite some time, actually, uh, many, many years. Um, and we've been doing it through a variety of different ways. Um, either you're looking at it from the branch, the WAN, LANs, as well as data centers, but you know, some common methods for segmentation um, are around VLANs, of course, IP subnetting, ACLs to, to do um, um, preventative um, communications between uh, um, groups, um, VRFs to do some uh, other uh, higher end segmentation there, and of course, separate physical infrastructure on a, on a kind of per grouping basis. Uh, all of it, of course, you know, the main goal of segmentation is to isolate the access as well as communication between groups. And however you define those groups as to being either organizations, departments, lines of businesses, uh, sets of applications, um, groups of users, um, or even zone, zones for that matter. But at the end of the day, you know, segmentation actually isn't new, right? So, you know, let's kind of move forward and actually kind of see where we want to take this. So, as we talked about, you know, why we want to segment and, you know, potentially some methods of however the years we, we have been segmenting, um, you know, what are we actually needing to segment? Um, there are some things that are changing as a result of, uh, you know, just the way that uh, our, our applications and, you know, cloud access and, and various other um, uh, newer things, if you will, coming about. They've kind of changed what we need to segment, but in a, in a broad stroke of the pen here, we can take a look at uh, roughly five various different categories uh, that are common um, for things that need to be segmented um, from each other or from the, from the mainline network. Of course, lines of businesses or departments. You can have uh, universities that have various different departments that may need to um, or, or want to segment uh, the, the means of access as well as communication. Um, obviously, lines of businesses. Um, you know, uh, you know, for example, in banks, you may have the actual retail side of the bank, and then within that, you may have, uh, you know, mortgage financial services there, um, or, or loan services, and they want to have some level of segmentation from a networking perspective. Uh, mergers and acquisitions, of course, they need to be segmented between the various different assets. Um, they need to be firewalled off and, and separated from each other, um, especially if the assets are, of course, going to, um, um, or, either to different acquirers or staying, and you know, of course there's a split now as a result of the acquisition. There's just basically multiple tenants now, potential overlapping, overlapping spaces is, is, is highly potential there. 
multi-tenant services from you know SP infrastructure, of course, um, as well as even enterprise infrastructure that we can also kind of go into here in a little bit. B2B partner access, um, you know, I, I equate this to things like IoT or, or more partner cloud kind of networks, um, being able to, you know, stand up and, and segment off a, a means of communication for, um, you know, non-corporate asset, of course, but it being a partner, uh, maybe um, monitoring sensors um, for any sort of, say, HVACs or anything on a manufacturing floor and things of that nature. And generically, we call out guest versus business services, but this is, you know, can be things like you know, segmenting guest Wi-Fi from, from the main network, because um, obviously we don't want guests to um, get access into the corporate side, um, or even just doing segmenting of guests or even partner uh, wireless access or even just guest network access from corporate access. The main thing, of course, is that no matter what it is or the grouping, the logical or physical grouping of these uh, entities, um, they all have different requirements as it relates to how they need to connect, what their means of access needs to be, what levels of security, potentially even what type of topology is necessary uh, or the date they actually need um, for, for various different applications, and of course compliance. So how have we actually done it? So this goes a little bit, you know, uh, one level deeper into our, our, our first slide. We were talking about VLANs, IP subnets, and VRS. But, you know, we can categorize it in, in roughly three buckets. Um, you know, standing up separate physical infrastructure per, let's call them tenants or per segments. Um, obviously, this can be very costly depending on the, uh, the size of, of, of the business and the size or uh, the scale that's necessary for the number of tenants or number of segments. If we're going to be standing up separate infrastructure per segment per tenant, um, that can be very, very costly and of course adds uh, highly to a level of complexity as a result of the number of touch points now that um, IT operations has to uh, deal with. Um, however, you know, one thing to do call out of course is that within a separate physical infrastructure approach, you do uh, definitely have separate data as well as control paths on a per segment, per tenant, or even um, a per segment, per tenant basis. So there's a high degree of security there. Uh, most common analogy there could be for those that may be familiar with, um, you know, typical like federal um, or military-like type of networks where you have various different classifications and those classifications are kind of air-gapped. Um, and that's as a result of having separate physical infrastructure for each. So it's uh, more secure as a result of a separation um, between two different segments or tenants is uh, data as well as control paths. Then we look at VRS, um, very common approach. Um, you know, they, they're secure, but they, they can be complex um, in the way of uh, trying to manage uh, route tables, uh, dealing with overlapping address spaces, configurations. Um, the scale can also be an issue depending on the solution that's chosen, um, meaning the number of VRS that may be possible with, with, with a particular appliance, uh, router, chassis. Um, and in most cases, um, it's fairly predominant actually, uh, from a VRF angle, there's actually a shared control path. So although each VRF may have a um, unique or separate data path that can be defined with unique topologies and um, uh, certain types of policies assigned to it, the actual control path is shared um, typically, right? You have a, a parent VRF or a home VRF or a main VRF, and then you have your sub subtenants, which are the uh, the other VRFs. And the other one, which is the most common, we've been all doing this for for many many years, right? The initial form of segmentation, of course, was use VLANs, um, and then you know punch that over to a security appliance. 
Um, of course, this is secure. Um, in addition to VLANs, of course, is the use of ACLs to help um, in, you know, with uh, deeper, deeper packet-like kind of inspection firewalls to actually look deeper into our packets to, for, for other kind of um, security threats or just add extra security policies. But of course, there's also ACLs to just do uh, preventative um, access uh, at, a, at a networking layer. Um, but this, of course, is secure, but it can be complex because now we're, we're needing to deal with uh, multiple types of things from a configuration perspective. Change management can become very uh, painful um, as a result of you know, needing to do ACL management. If you have to add new statements, remove statements, then you have to correlate that to potentially new firewall rules. If you're adding new, new groups or new logical zones into your, into your, into a, from, from a VLAN perspective or new subnetting, of course, there's, there's change that has to go all the way across the board. So it can be tough to manage. Um, you know, obviously, it's, it's tried and true. Uh, it's secure, but again, it can also be potentially complex. Looking at it a different way, and this, you know, uh, this just shows us visually what I was just kind of referencing and talking about. So we'll go through this very, very rapidly. When we look on the first block on the left, we take a look at this, and this is just a branch. And within the branch, we have separate physical infrastructure for our various different tenants or segments. And the examples being shown here on the, the first one on the left is, you know, guest wireless or bring your own device or mobile devices going into this particular branch. And on the, the other, you know, going up through its own secure appliance, a, a, a firewall, um, to get direct internet access. And then we have another one which, um, you know, requires maybe more of a traditional hub and spoke type of topology as a result of it being a point of sale system. Um, and so that may be riding on its own separate physical infrastructure, then back homes into a, a central firewall at the data center um, where, you know, our, whether or not, depending on the, the solution for the POS, uh, you know, whether or not there's internet access or not. Uh, the point of this here is that, you know, there's two separate paths. Each path has separate infrastructure designated to specific types of devices and for a very specific purpose or tenants, if you will, right? Tenants for segments. Public segments or, you know, uh, public guest services versus, uh, you know, a, a critical asset like a, a point of sale system. We look in the middle, um, you know, we just readapt this to now instead of uh, having two different routers, we can potentially use a singular router. And each net router is being carved up into multiple VRFs where each VRF is then assigned to each of the individual tenants with the same method and topology here where we still have uh, security outside of the, uh, the router in and of itself. Um, and uh, traffic, of course, depending on the topology being punched over into the data center through a potential MPLS VPN link. Um, what's not depicted, of course, is what we mentioned earlier is within the VRF angle, between each of those two tenants, uh, VRF A as well as VRF B, there, of course, is a share control path um, that, that would be obviously owned in the data center. And then the third one, just very simple view of, of looking at VLANs, ACLs, as well as firewalls. You know, we got three different tenants that are broken up into a, at a VLAN angle. Um, utilizing ACLs to prevent, um, you know, the, the users or devices from each of those VLANs from communicating to each other. A singular transport link uh, through MPLS going through a, a firewall, which then has it, um, um, let's call it um, chopped up in the sense to have a policies individual to each VLAN or a, a shared one large uh, policy statement that's looking at each of those segments or each of those VLANs and, and looking at security from that angle. And of course, managing or whether or not internet access is necessary. 
The main difference as we go from left to right, you go uh, left, one can make an argument and say uh, incredibly secure, um, less secure than, uh, you know, as we move over to the right, things are, things are less secure. And the reason why I say that in the way we've depicted it here, um, the differences between verfing as well as from VLAN, uh, verfing, depending on vendor and solution, of course, can uh, separate the, um, the grouping of the devices or uh, within the actual appliance itself in separate memory spaces, um, separate routing tables. Um, things are a little bit more carved up securely from a, from a VRF approach um, versus VLANs, um, where VLANs are just more of a collection of uh, ports put together, and there's a lot of possibility of potential leakage or just um, shared share tables really is the point. There's more sharing of tables in a VLAN approach versus a uh, VRF approach. Now, of course, the two can be combined. So, you know, I'm preaching to the choir to, to most people who deal with security as well as networking. You know that there's been a variety of different ways in the past of how to get here, but I think that there's one, one point that we can actually articulate and is that, um, you know, no matter which way, when you, when you look at it from a branch of WAN, it just hasn't really been easy over the years. Um, and the reason why it hasn't, right, as we look through the points here is typically it's been, you know, manually and CLI driven as far as how you want to configure your routers, your, 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 your ACLs for the routers, how you want to map and, and drive your, your policy-based routing statements and, and deal with your uh, choice of transport and how you want to choose your transport if you're using hybrid WAN or trying to. And then on top of that, dealing with security appliances. And then, of course, that is done on a per device, per site, per tenant basis, depending on how your solution is architected, and can be incredibly painful if you have a very, very large network. And then as we've looked at what's coming around now, and actually has been for many years too as well, is you know, now we're looking at more direct to internet as more as peer-to-peer, -peer, and this has been actually changing traffic flows. So most things aren't necessarily always needing to go um, home run into the data center to then be uh, scrubbed and then dealt with central, uh, centrally to then get internet access from a corporate perspective. There are a lot of different things now that are happening where, where we prefer to have direct internet access at the branch locally um, and then um, drive traffic uh, uh, specifically over to the corporate side through the data center uh, from a central perspective for certain types of applications. Um, so basically the main point there is we're getting non-centralized access is happening a little bit more. So this makes things a little bit difficult from a tenancy perspective as well as the security angle. Um, also because your point of inspection for scrubbing has actually been moved, either moving away from the data center from a centralized perspective and potentially now being distributed across every single branch. Um, at least that thought process is there. Um, or maybe even having more of a cloud deliver type of a model for security. But the point is now you're having extra management um, angles and it just, although it helps to facilitate and make things a little bit easier, it can add a little complexity from a management perspective. And the main trends really are about cloud and SaaS and BYOD are, are kind of starting to drive some of these things, and of course IoT and, and things like that. The third point, <coughs> excuse me, um, is really about you know how it hasn't been easy, and I think this goes for any sort of network, um, is that you know it's very prone to vulnerability and, and making uh, adhering to compliance very challenging, and that's actually because of the very first bullet that we see, which is uh, centered around being manual and CLI driven. Um, you know, there's, a, there's operator error, the, prone, the, the possibility of operator error, fat fingers um, that, that go in with wrong, wrong configuration statements, um, uh, you know, basically human error um, makes the network prone. Um, 
having more screens and devices. So this talks to overall sprawl, lots of lots of lots of devices, lots of different appliances that IT operations need to go and touch when they actually want to do any sort of a change. So even a simple one-line ACL statement potentially that may do occur across a 500-site enterprise plan. You know, you're having to now touch uh, between 500, uh, between 500, even more than 500 unique uh, networking or security-focused uh, appliances, and that takes time. Um, and, and you know, you may have a lot of different screens depending on how many vendors you actually have, and so it becomes very, very complex and it makes it um, more vulnerable to uh, being out of compliance and potentially even be more vulnerable to um, uh, you know security threats as a result of mistakes to the other bullet point that we were talking about. So, you know, the obvious thing of where we're going to this is, of course, you, you want it to be easier now. Um, you, you want it, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, the answer, of course, is that there is, right? Um, but, you know, now is at a point uh, as needing to uh, look at different means of transport on a per-branch perspective, um, there's a lot of different other types of networks that are needing to have access to your network. You have newer types of devices now. So the way that the branch and WAN is, is communicating the types of connectivity and security that's necessary for them is changing. And so it should be time for change in actually how you look at how you want to manage or actually even secure your overall branch and WAN. And of course you want it to be easier and better. And so, you know, with that, you know, the, the you know, the good thing actually here is, you know, there's a, something very proven that's, that's here to actually be the rescue, and that's software-defined WAN. We're not going to talk too much about what SD-WAN is. Um, we do have one other webinar you can, can learn a little bit more from a Versa Networks perspective. <coughs> and there's a lot of information on our website as well as um, across the board from partners as well as even competitors that can actually just talk about the basic of what SD-WAN is. <coughs> but ultimately, it's here to help things make simpler. Um, and be a little bit more intelligent about how you actually want to provide connectivity at the branch and across the WAN. But when we look at just SD-WAN, um, you know, it's great, but you actually really want to have a secure SD-WAN. So let's go into what that actually means. And I'll show you here in a, in a minute or two. Um, from, from our point of view, or, or just in general, the, we can define secure SD-WAN as being SD-WAN with integrated security, so something beyond more just stateful firewall capabilities, because as you're looking at applications um, and looking at the various different types of transports, looking at potentially multiple segments and multiple tenants, the need to actually place a deep level or next generation advanced security at the point of connectivity um, becomes important. Um, and so securing SD-WAN beyond uh, just encrypted overlays um, and um, multi-topology capabilities as well as um, uh, stable firewall, um, can that be a, a huge value add to uh, how you want to architect your enterprise WAN and branch? But looking at this here, um, one of the other aspects about being secure SD-WAN, if we look at this is, you know, having an overlay, right, which is SD-WAN in general, but having it be unique, um, having unique topologies per segment, per tenant, as well as per VRF. So now we're starting to look at a very hierarchical method of being able to drive topologies. And I'll, I'll give you a network diagram here uh, coming up that actually kind of gives you that point of view. Um, you know, being able to do policy for both network and security on a per-tenant or per-segment um, basis. So not necessarily just a per-tenant, uh, where a tenant may have multi-VRFs or multiple segments, but being able to done it across the board, right? Same thing as it relates to data and control paths. Can they have, you know, having separate data as well as control paths on a per segment and tenants and VRF basis? 
um, multiple services from switching all the way up to um, application-aware um, uh, firewall um, capabilities um, or, or full-blown UTM suite. Um, having a single pane of glass uh, for operations administration and management uh, with RBOX, the role-based access control, on a per-tenant, per-segment, um, per, per tenant and will segment basis. This obviously is necessary for uh, multi-lines multi of businesses, uh, M&As, uh, multi-tenant services. And of course, the, the, the most important piece, um, or one of the other more important pieces besides the obvious of, of security, really is uh, the contextual, uh, having contextually based dynamic path selection on a per-segment and per-tenant basis. So what this means is on every single tenant and within each of those individual segments, can they not only have unique topologies for them, um, can they not only have uh, unique uh, policies as it relates to the network as well as security, can they all have their own unique uh, criteria or setup of the different types of L2 to L7 services that they want to use? Um, can each one of them be managed separately by uh, a, a unique IT administrator and not be able to have others see what they can see? And can they actually have their applications, application policies and the method of how they're actually driving application traffic steering be unique to them at a, at a, at a very granular segment or, or VRF or tenant level? And that helps round out a, a, an entirely uh, a more comprehensive SD-WAN or, or a secure SD-WAN type of uh, solution. So looking at, at, a, at, a, at a different view and just kind of showing some of the elements from, from a Versa perspective here, um, you know, at the top you've got single pane of glass for control visibility analytics that's also multi-tenanted with RBOC on a per-tenant basis. Um, you have a, actually, actually at the actual edge, you have a multi-service and multi-tenant platform that's uh, on a per-segment and per-tenant basis can provide unique routing SD-WAN security uh, services. As we move forward, looking at a transport, dynamic path selection and optimization that's contextually based, so we're looking at this from a user device location as well as application, but being able to take those, uh, those, that criteria and being able to drive uh, path selection policies on a per-tenant and per-VRF basis. Uh, of course, any transport and any access uh, to be agnostic, uh, but being able to do on a per-VPN, per-tenant, per-VRF, unique topologies. Um, and of course, uh, securing your direct internet access as a result of having security services embedded inside of the edge appliance, so you can actually secure direct internet access uh, right there, um, right at the branch and right at the egress, uh, ingress point of all traffic that needs to come from DIA. Moving forward a little bit here, so I told you I was going to give you a little kind of a, 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 a deeper look into how um, and what we're kind of talking about here. Um, so this is a, just a quick double click in. Um, so what we have is we have a provider tenant, right? And the provider tenant here is actually this, you know, lovely, lovely company called Toys um, Your Shop. <laughs> um, so they're just a big, you know, imagine them to being like a big, um, a, a big brick and mortar, or a big, a, a, a big store that you walk into. And within this store, of course, you see not only their uh, things that you can buy, right, toys, of course, and various different aisles and things and products that they have. But within there, you've got, you know, potentially a, a photo a photo shop or a, a place to actually drop off some photos to actually get them printed. You've got ATM machines. You may have some food kiosks like, like a Pizza Hut or a Starbucks inside. And so all of them potentially are tenants, and they're tenants to the actual My Toys, your shop, um, who's the parent tenant here. 
And what we want to show uh, the, the the method of segmentation as it relates to tenancy and and how and what you can drive on a per tenant basis from from access and policy and, and features is we take a look at you know here uh, my toys your shop would potentially as the main provider configure uh, you know what interfaces traffic can be received on for their corporate tenant which will be residing at the store uh, what instances can be used by them number of bandwidth number uh, how much bandwidth how many sessions and things some basic parameters as an example but then you know have some sub uh, configurations associated to uh, you know to the tenant right what kind of traffic steering policies they want to use what are their NAT rules different DHCP servers and DHCP relays, security policies that they want to use. They want to use the NG firewall, UR filtering, um, AV, as well as IPS for the corporate side. And then we start looking at the other uh, tenants, and they can then be even sub-configured there. So McBride Photos, um, although we don't depict it, as we're trying to uh, imply that these configurations are available on a per-tenant at that sub-level basis. So McBride Photos can have NG firewall. The ATM could have NG firewall and say IPS um, as, as the security policies and security elements pertinent to them. Um, and they, they, they don't, they, the only traffic steering policy they have is they want a uh, uh, hub and spoke based topology. So this just gives a, another double click in. Um, again, it's just building off the other one. But what it shows you is that, you know, my toys, your shop, right, is the provider tenant. You know, there's a corporate tenant in the store. And within there, they may be, or within the warehouse, what have you, uh, they may need to have sub-segmentation, um, right? They need to have further levels of segmentation, looking at things from a, from a departmental perspective, right? Your common classic setup here that we talk about, software, engineering, and HR. But each one of those, as you see here, is they can all have their own provider um, delivered configs as well as their own tenant policies. So each one can have their own firewall, own um, your, uh, UTM. Some can use IPS, AV. Some may want to do, um, you know, software. Uh, the software group may want to have a full mesh topology, right, to make this up, right? Engineering may want to have a hub and spoke or a partial mesh, um, HR, so on and so forth. And then we look at the other tenants that also are co-located utilizing the same infrastructure, and we're looking at McBride Photos, right? They have their own uh, firewall, own UTM, different, different app steering policies, um, as well as, uh, you know, ATM. The ATM machine itself, um, of course, uh, can follow suit with that. So the main point here is, of course, the, is the full breadth of services that can be provided on a per-segment, per-tenant basis allows for a more secure means of connectivity uh, facilitating how you actually want to segment your branch and WAN. So as we come up closer here to a close here, um, there are a couple of things that you can ask uh, if you're interested in SD-WAN, you're looking at SD-WAN as a project, and you know, segmentation's on your mind because you need to segment. You need to segment your various different departments in your university. You need to segment uh, you know, your guest wireless services from your uh, other, other store network services, whether, you know, um, digital signage to point of sale to um, just traditional um, uh, productivity applications like, you know, you know, Office 365 as an example, um, to, you know, looking, being a PE um, and, and looking at uh, mergers and acquisitions and, and acquiring and how you want to deal with those assets, right? So segmentation is, a, is, is, is critical to the overall enterprise WAN and branch. And, you know, luckily we have SD-WAN to kind of help 
make it a little bit easier how you want to manage as a result of the value prop of a singular singular controller, singular single pane of glass that can happen across most of the most of the vendors who provide it. However, if you're really needing um, deep levels of segmentation and tendency, there are a couple of things you could probably ask of your vendor um, and, and try to get a little bit more detail to make sure that they actually work for you. So just go through them very quickly. The first one is, do you support a single head-in for multi-tenancy? Obviously, this could talk to how complex or how much how much of a footprint is needed in order for me to support multiple tenants? And can you do this across the full entire stack from management analytics to even the controller infrastructure? You know, is RBOX supported across the entire spectrum from, you know, management framework to control to the device and even to potentially to the, the visibility or analytics tool? Are the actual edge appliances or the, either the hardware or the software, how it's being served and delivered to you, is it actually multi-tenant as well? Right? Or is it, uh, or is that the only thing that's multi-tenant and something else is not? Can the, is the support of unique encryption keys on a per-tenant, per-branch pairing basis? Is that supported? Right? That helps to kind of just be very, very secure on a per-tenant basis. You don't want to have shared keys between tenants. And more importantly, maybe you don't want to share that same key across multiple branches. Can you support full services on a per-tenant basis? Right? Um, on a per, or even per VRF? And we list some of those services there. Can you provide visibility on a per-tenant basis? Can each tenant look at their own stuff um, and not, other not see other tenant stuff and, and prevent other tenants from seeing theirs? And the last one really is, is an interesting one, is how easily can you integrate into brownfield networks? Meaning, you know, as you integrate to and, and deploy SD-WAN, you got some old, older le legacy networks. You know, typically SD-WAN gateway nodes are actually used to kind of help facilitate that uh, propagation of routes right, and information between legacy to new. Um, but how easily can that be done? What's the level of scale there? Um, you know, because as you look at from a multi-tenancy perspective, it can get very complicated and, and uh, overwhelming from the number of sessions and things that have to be stood up between the PE router as well as yourself. So that's actually a valid question to actually ask of your SD-WAN uh, vendor and provider. And so with that, I just want to bring this to a, bring this to a quick close and just kind of talk about um, just you know, the value benefits of a secure SD-WAN for you. You can reduce your infrastructure and circuit costs simply because of SD-WAN um, as well as do, do doing device consolidation. Of course, you can increase your overall bandwidth to address some other concern you have as a result of a hybrid WAN strategy. Um, operations to automation, um, so as a result of single pane of glass, zero-touch provisioning, one-touch policy control, or just uh, um, auto uh, self-healing or self uh, Dynamic adjustment, um, right? You have a lot of automation associated with how your branch and WAN is being operated. Um, branch sprawls, we already talked about as far as device consolidation that could potentially happen depending on the vendor you choose, if they have integrated security or uh, multi-services within their SD-WAN. Um, overall, SD-WAN can actually help you improve your improve and simplify how you want to segment. And of course, we talked a little bit detail about what kind of segmentation you may want to look at. Um, and how hierarchical or how deep and advanced that, that segmentation can actually go from a tenancy perspective. Um, and of course, with that, you know, obviously be able to drive multiple topologies, uh, you know, different types of encryption keys or uh, different types of VPNs, different topologies per VPN, multi-tenancy or, or, or high degrees of segmentation can help um, you meet compliance standards and of course the simplified management framework of SD-WAN also helps you meet that because now uh, it's very, it's much faster for you to be able to implement change control uh, and be able to make adjustments to address any sort of compliance issues or never get out of appliance compliance as a result of standardizing across your network. 
And with that, um, we've, we've run out of time, unfortunately. So I just want to remind uh, everyone here in the audience that, um, excuse me, um, that you can post questions, um, and I will, uh, you know, we will get back to you as soon as we possible. Um, and with that, please, you know, subscribe to our channel. Go visit www.versanetworks.com. Schedule a demo with us. Um, we're very responsive on that. We'd love to actually come out and actually show you this when working. Um, and just reach out to us. Um, and with that, you know, there are a number of attachments. Please don't forget. Um, and uh, reach out to us if you have any questions. And with that, thank you very much. And I hope everyone has yourself a great day no matter where in the world you are. Thank you.